Hi, and welcome to the Open Government Podcast, where we bring you an interview with someone working on open government and citizen engagement in their communities. My name is Richard Pietro, and for today's episode, I am without the voice of reason, the interviewer extraordinaire, Samir Vasta, and he will be sorely missed. And I certainly hope that this episode doesn't suffer too much without his presence. Luckily, though, we have a top-shelf guest who will raise the water level, as it were, and his name is Chad Lubelski, and he's part of the program team at the McConnell Foundation. Now, this foundation engages Canadians in building a more innovative, inclusive, sustainable, and resilient society. And I'd like to start our conversation today with the McConnell Initiative, known as Recode. So, Chad, can you tell us a little bit more about Recode and what it's all about? Sure. Uh, Recode provides social innovation and entrepreneurship opportunities for college and university students to become drivers of progress and change. And essentially, we do that in in two ways. We uh, fund uh, 22 different institutions across our country uh, from coast to coast to support uh, local student-driven and student-led social innovation and and, uh, social entrepreneurship activities. And at the same time, we're also trying to build a national network of campuses and students who are working in social innovation and social entrepreneurship as we ask the question, what can we do together that we might not be able to do alone? And just to say that the the idea of our program is to provide students opportunities, but at the same time, our focus, we see post-secondary as a lever of change in our collective effort to build a more economically, socially, and environmentally sustainable Canada. So you guys have really seemed to focus more on the educational system as a whole, as opposed to, say, going to the entrepreneurial network. Is there a reason why you're focusing mostly on what appears to be students? Yeah, there would be a couple of reasons. So one, uh, as a foundation, we're actually the oldest family foundation in Canada, and we have a very long history of supporting post-secondary, so it builds on on our work in the field over the last 80 years. But specifically, we think we have a generational challenge in front of us where uh, students aren't getting jobs. Uh, and we also think that in some instances, they aren't receiving the training that they need uh, to uh, succeed in the new economy. So what we're trying to do, in a sense, is to help support uh, democratizing uh, our economy and supporting students to, one, have a, a, a more robust education, and two, to go out and, and to make their livelihoods. And we see that as a mechanism for creating a more uh, viable and vibrant Canada. Are there any sort of interesting projects that are currently taking place or have taken place that you can share with us just to give a little bit more context as to what Recode is doing? Yeah, absolutely. You know, we, um, I, I should say that the program is relatively new. We only launched it last year. And so we're building a lot on, on the successes that that's already happening. But some of the things that we're funding, we did what we did is we've identified what we called six different social innovation zones on campuses. And so what that means is because it's the academy often, you know, from really sort of straightforward things you see in a university or college, like creating a curriculum and courses on social innovation and social entrepreneurship. We're creating spaces. Um, so spaces where social entrepreneurs can come and gather together. We're trying to provide access to um, seed capital so people will have money to implement their projects. Uh, we're trying to make connections between students and initiatives that are happening outside of their schools 
hotels in different campuses and things like that. So some of the things that we find might be, you know, at Concordia here in Montreal, they're hiring what they're calling uh, social innovation uh, liaisons, so people who will connect all the different social innovation and social entrepreneurship activities that are happening on their campus. Um, at Ryerson uh, in Toronto with their, you know, the DMZ, which is the Digital Media Zone, which is um, a physical space and an incubator to create companies, they're trying to uh, add a social element or incre- enhance the social element and, uh, to their work. So it's very uh, context-specific to the, the work that we're doing because we live in a, this wonderfully diverse country. You're mentioning a lot about the, the, the social element to this conversation in particular. Are you finding that, um, because typically, and this is an argument that I have, is that typically businesses and initiatives have been very bottom line driven. Um, but now with this idea of the triple, the triple bottom line of, you know, people, planet, profits, and obviously we have social media and all those kinds of things. Are you finding that a younger generation is reprioritizing what is important for them? Yeah, you know, it's um, statistics are showing that uh, the generation that is coming up, the millennial generation, wouldn't phrase the question in the way you do. So it's not about an or. Uh, it's about a both and. Um, and that previous generations, would we would frame things as, well, there's money, you know, or there's or there is an environmental or social impact. Whereas increasingly this generation is looking, they're a bit wiser, they're a bit smarter, they're a bit savvier, and they're looking to integrate it. Um, and to such a point where that the, the dichotomy that we've created as a society to say that we have to choose is, is one that doesn't uh, resonate with, with the millennial generation. And so what, when in their projects and in their ideas, it is, it is organic. Uh, it is just it is natural for them to integrate uh, economic, environmental, and and social impact, recognizing that to really have um, great benefit, all three need to be integrated and in, and in working better together. And and that's that's a wonderful way to, that you've presented it. That it's just becoming natural for people, especially younger people, to to integrate those elements. And I'd like to sort of switch a little bit because you guys have decided to also join forces with the Open Data Summit, which is also coming up soon in May, on May 25th, more specifically in Ottawa. And tell us a little bit on how you are integrating with them and how you guys are working together. Sure. So we're working together in a couple of different ways. Is One, you know, as a foundation, we recognize that we could be doing more uh, with open data uh, in the sense that um, data and turning information into knowledge uh, is a responsibility I, I think that we have as a, as a foundation uh, both for, for the sector in, gen- in general, the sector being the nonprofit sector, but also more specifically for the philanthropic sector. So we're keen to see how we can plug into the really innovative work that's happening in, uh, in uh, the open data movement. And by innovative, I don't mean technology, but I, I mean in terms of openness in a more general way in terms in, around building community, right? The inclusiveness, the transparency, the, the integration work. So with Recode, we saw an opportunity and an actually uh, open North, 
uh, saw the opportunity to say, well, how, what can we be doing to be getting youth leaders who are working in open data towards the summit? And because the goals of Recode are to support youth and more concrete skills, and sometimes these summits and these events can be out of reach uh, for students, we're supporting youth to go to the summit, um, one, to learn about what's happening there, two, to contribute their experiences and expertise, and three, they will have a role in enhancing the impact of the summit by reporting on sessions, by doing social media, and things of that nature. So for, for us, it, it really felt like a win-win-win opportunity in the sense that we're increasing the effectiveness and the impact of the sector while also achieving some of our programmatic goals in, in supporting students. And how are you finding the general pulse in your communities of students that are engaged when it comes to open data? Are they very well versed with it? Are they curious about it? Are they completely turned off about it? Like, is this a big sell to, to send them to open data, to the Open Data Summit? I'm thinking about that. That's a great <laughs> question. You know, honestly, I don't know if I would be well placed to answer. I, I find that sometimes, as soon as you talk about data or technology, there's this feeling of that's their thing. You know, I think it not intentionally, and I think the open data movement and the technology movement is doing what it can to break this down, but it can feel sort of divisive, right? And that like some people do it and some people get it and others don't. I think that's less so with students, but I think that that um, dynamic still exists. And so I, I think um, st students do get it. But for me, uh, ideally, there will be an interdisciplinary nature to this. And so uh, part of it isn't just the student who is already deeply involved in the open data movement movement and, and uh, is a real technological agent or uses technology uh, for social change. But those who are also on the margins, who can maybe bring a bit more of a lived experience of what open data can do to the, um, to the summit. Is there something particular about the open data summit that really wanted, that you guys wanted to explore that you really haven't had a chance to explore, aside from just the integration of open data and the students, but personally, say for yourself, even Chad, or for the McConnell Foundation, you've worked closely with Open North before, but is there something in particular maybe you're trying to get done here? I mean, there, there would be a couple of things. Um, you know, we would believe that we do believe that the free flow of information and knowledge is vital to a functioning society, right? We think open data holds great promise in bringing that more to fruition than we already have it. So we would want to just go and understand what are people doing? What should we be supporting? Who mm. should we be collaborating with, right? So for us, it's going as learners, uh, probably principally. Just, you know, it it, it is work which is more on the margins than other elements uh, of the work that we uh, support. It's also work and activity and people that are changing quite quickly. So it's a little harder to continue to stay abreast. So for us, it is this wonderful learning opportunity. And the, the impact that we would be looking for then is then that learning gets driven back into our own internal practices. And we are working uh, in ways that make better use of the data that we have and, the, and that we receive and that we're putting back out into the system. It's always a lifelong learning process, ain't it? Eh? It doesn't matter. <laughs> well, this, this is fantastic work that you guys are doing uh, with McConnell and particularly with Recode. You seem quite passionate about it. And uh, we have to wrap things up. But before we do, are, are there a, a couple of things that you'd like to mention that we didn't get a chance to touch on? I mean, the only thing that I, other thing maybe to mention would, you know, I, conversations like this one are, are important. So, you know, th thank you very much for the podcast and for hosting it. And, you know, for 
for Recode and for for many other initiatives that McConnell uh, is working on, you know, it's what I, what I think that we'd what we'd want to say is that we have this wonderful benefit and privilege of seeing things from a national perspective and being able to see the network of networks that exist and the social movements that are building in this country. Um, and so, for us, what we'd always want people to know is that those of us who are working in social change, we had open data or some other. Um, thing, we're all part of a, of a larger movement. Um, and the amazing thing about the work of the Open Data Movement and others is the efforts to connect it, right, to, to better build our collaborative tissue. Uh, and we're, quite frankly, very excited by that. And we're excited to have, uh, well, we, the community is very excited to have an entity like McConnell involved in the Open Data Summit. I'm sure it's going to be a great partnership. And I hope you're able to get the the learnings that you want to get on, uh, get your learn on in, in Ottawa. So thank you for joining us today, Chad, and please don't pleasure. stop your work. Okay, well, thank you, and likewise. That was Chad Lubelski from Montreal, Quebec, on the Open Government Podcast. If you have any questions about today's episode, you can reach Chad on Twitter at CLubelli, quite literally the letter C-L-U-B-E-L-L-Y, or by visiting mcconnellfoundation.ca. And as always, you can send us questions on our hashtag at OGTPod. Thanks again for Cheryl's Crush for the podcast music. And until next time, I'm Richard Pietro. And if Samir was here today, he'd say, and I'm Samir Vasta. Thanks for listening to the Open Government Podcast. And we'll be back soon with our next interview with someone in the open government community.